Are you new to coaching? Starting out as a coach can be incredibly overwhelming, especially when you aren't given much direction from your administration. That's why I created the new coaches playbook. It includes a roadmap to help you start building your coaching foundation and a guide to seven podcast episodes in order that will give you the steps and ideas you need to build relationships, define your role, communicate with your admin, and make a plan to start coaching. One of the challenges of instructional coaching is finding affordable, specialized training that's designed just for you. That's why I'm excited to share an online event with you that's right up your alley. Sydney is hosting a free online conference all about instructional coaching called Better Together. It's a one-day virtual event with dynamic keynote speakers, including Jim Knight, and breakout sessions designed to help you grow as an instructional coach. Head to sydney.com slash buzz to register for this free event. That's S-I-B-M-E dot com forward slash B-U-Z-Z. Sydney, changing the way people learn at work. You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey coach, and welcome to episode 142, The Human Side of Coaching. This is a coaching call with Marianne Domico. Today, you're going to listen into this coaching call as I help this help this coach troubleshoot their communication with teachers, how they work through all of the human side of coaching, how they define their role, how they figure out how that role supports their work at different levels, individual teachers, PLCs, and whole, whole school PDs. It's so much that's packed into one episode, and so I'm so glad to share it with you. This is the last episode in this series that actually is 12 episodes long, and it started back in February at the very beginning of season four. We've talked about coaching mindset, relationship building, resistance, communication, and so much more in this fantastic series. And I am so glad we decided to focus on the human side of coaching because so much came up about this. Today, we are wrapping up wrapping up with this coaching call so we can apply some of this learning in coaching situations that are actually happening at schools. I know you're going to walk away with something valuable that you can try out tomorrow. And let's welcome our coaching friend to join us today. So welcome, Marianne, to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm so glad that you're here to talk about this idea today. Um, before we get started looking at some challenges that you're having, I would love to learn a little bit about you and what your coaching role looks like. Sure. My name is Marianne D'Amico, and this is my 22nd year in education, but my first year as a reading coach, mostly at the high school level, um, teaching ELA, and now um, heading over to what we call a reading coach or a literacy coach. And... Um, the biggest challenge is, is I'm at a brand new school. Um, so I didn't know any of these people, or maybe that's a blessing too. Because a yeah, a little of both <laughs> for sure. Um, and just figuring out um, so my primary role, I think, as defined by my administrator, is trying to support teachers. That comes across from them as like there's a problem. Can you help them fix it? Um, and then in addition, I end up picking up some roles for professional development that is coming from admin as well of, hey, this is something we need to roll out to the whole school. So some of that comes across as like follow up and feels a little bit admin-ish. Um, and then some of that really is the, the coaching aspect of where are the supports that I can give you to help you be successful in your classroom. Yeah, that's what you're describing is absolutely the challenging role that many coaches have where they're asked to do some things that are that do feel a little bit admin-y and then they're asked to coach teachers and be supportive and then teachers are looking at them going, okay, but are you holding me accountable for this? Because it kind of feels like you're holding me accountable for this. Right? 100%, 100%. And it's hard to balance that mm -hmm. and not feel like like, when do I put my coaching hat on and when is this my admin hat, both between the admin and the conversation there and between the teacher and the conversation there? That's a good question. I think that if we are taking off our coaching hat, then we are signaling that it makes it difficult for teachers to trust us as their coach. 
if that makes sense. But I do know that there are some responsibilities, even if you advocate, you know, for the role as a true coach, there are some responsibilities that you're probably not going to get out of. That's just the reality of working in schools, right? There's not enough people to do all the work. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously advocating for the position to be, you know, less admin is a great thing to do. Um, But dealing with the reality that you have, we'll focus on that because I feel like personally, the advocacy part takes so much time and you're dealing with the role right now. You know, yes. um, you're in the middle of it right now. What do I do right now? So um, what are some of the kinds of things that you feel like you're having to do that you feel like you have to put on an admin hat? Sometimes it's the follow through of the PD. Mm-hmm. So when a PD is issued across the whole entire school and I'm being the one asked to, to uh, what it's not implement, but the one to deliver that. Mm -hmm. Um, So right now we're in an acceleration model and emphasizing the fact that we should be teaching ahead of where we are, not remediating from behind. And so that's been a huge push and a huge accountability for our teachers of like, hey, are you doing this? Are you doing this? Are you doing this? But then at the same time, they need the tools of like, how do I do that? How do I make sure I'm previewing information and not, and that's where some of the breakdown happens. So for my first semester, there was a lot of tension um, in going into a planning meeting where they felt like it was me that was saying, you have to do this. And they really didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, how do I live with, yes, this is what our direction is as a school, but I'm not here to catch you. I'm here to help support you, but it's hard to navigate their feelings and my support. Mm -hmm. I think framing it in your own brain that you sincerely say, okay, this is the expectation. I'm here to help you get there. And even explaining that to teachers verbatim, you know, tell them, look, I know this is a lot. I know you're being asked to do a lot. And I know this is a really difficult shift. This is the expectation that our school has. I'm here to help you reach that. And whatever, when solve all the issues that you're having, we can work together to do those things. I'm here to work with you. I'm learning this too. And I'm going, we're going to figure out how we can make it work for you. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. I think if how you- do you take that then back to your admin who then sits down an admin meeting and says, Hey, so how is Ms. Smith doing on implementing that? How yeah. do you navigate that part? Right. I think that that there's a couple of pieces there. One piece is having a conversation with admin and saying, you know, if I'm sharing too many details about what's going on, teachers are going to struggle to trust me to help them. So when they're having trouble or they're having a challenge, they may not come to me because they're afraid that I'm going to tell you and it's going to make them look bad. Regardless of whether your admin would respond to that information graciously as far as, oh, Miss so-and-so hasn't started. (laughs) Right. So and so, you know, told me he never wanted to do this ever. And he had shut his door when I walked down the hallway. You know, if they're responding to even if they're responding to that information pretty nicely, it can still feel from the teacher's perspective that, oh, you're going to rat on me. So if we can kind of make it clear with admin, okay, I can give you kind of an update on this is what we've worked on. This is what we are working on next. And I can even let you know, you know, grade level teams, this is a focus the grade level has right now, or I guess your, your high school level. So you're looking at department, right? Right. This is, is, you know, in, um, in this specific class, you know, that's taught by five teachers or whatever, this Mm -hmm. is what these people are working on specifically. This is what this team is looking at. As far as individual teachers, you could say, you know, I would love if you would like to take a learning walk and, you know, go see it yourself. That'd be great because then you can see how it's actually panning out in the classroom and you can give me some thoughts on what direction we can do next. Right. I don't know how comfortable you feel speaking to your admin in that way because you may have to think about how you would say it that would sound natural to you and and appropriate. 100%. And I can see that happening. I think admin wants me to be the person that does both. Mm -hmm. So to your point, I think that may be going back to clarify the roles of who you really want me to be. Yes. And that's the hard part. Cause I think there's been very little definition around our roles. Cause we kind of just, you have a reading coach now. Yes. Um, and that makes it difficult. 
Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's a difficult spot to be in. And that is a really hard part about starting a new coaching role or even just starting out with a new admin, building that relationship is defining the roles clearly. How do we specify what information is okay to share and what information I'm just going to keep and continue building that relationship. And there are also things that you can say, such as, um, if the, if the teacher maybe is not really responding and, and the, co- the principal is continuing to ask, you could say things like, um, you know, I'm, I'm continuing to work on my relationship with that teacher so that I can support them in the best way possible. So there are ways that you can say in general that maybe things are not, you know, where you would hope that they would be, but you're going to get there. I believe we're yeah. going to get there, you know, and if you come at it with that frame of mind and using that language, Sometimes principals will realize, oh, maybe, you know, maybe we, I'm, I'm trying to get too much into the weeds here. And sometimes you may have to have that conversation still about, okay, I am concerned about if my teacher's here, that I am coming back and sharing every single piece of information. They are not going to ask for help. And I need them to ask for help when they need it right now. Right. So do you boss, you need them to ask (laughs) for help. (laughs) That's why I'm here. So clarifying that role, I actually have a free webinar about this, um, defining your coaching role. It's for literacy coaches. Any coach can benefit from it. It's at buzzingwithmissb.com slash webinar. And it talks a little bit about how to define what your role is and how to communicate it with your administration so that everybody's on the same page, because that is a real issue. Yeah. Cannot, it's hard to turn to teachers and say, Hey, I'm here to help you when they're like, are you? Or are you here to tell my boss that I'm not doing my job? Because to teachers, it's exclusive. It's mutually exclusive. The two cannot be happening at the same time. Right. Right. The perception is you're either here to help me or to hurt me. Right. And at the same time, yeah, it is. It's difficult because I think it's also just on a personal note. I think it's Mm -hmm. difficult when you're the only coach on the canvas. Yes. There's nobody because it doesn't feel like, like, who am I bouncing things off of, of like, Hey, this happened today. And this teacher is freaking me out and like legit freaking me out. (laughs) And who do I tell? Because Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to get rid of that trust that's being built there. But at the same time, I'm really scared for what's happening with that teacher. Yes, I completely can. I know exactly how you feel. It's, it is very frustrating um, because if you don't have somebody on kind of in that same role who shares it and says, oh my gosh, I know what is going on in that room. Like, this is not good. There are some things that you are going to have to share. If there's like aggression, if there's stuff that, you know, that students are not in a safe learning environment, um, there are some things that you would have to directly tell your admin, of course. Um, of course, but it can help to find a buddy in a different school if you have do you have like a a team across your district or whatever you call that we do we do and I would agree with you that that has been a lifeline I think Mm -hmm. we probably need to have more regular meetings because we don't meet enough to learn from each other because we're having similar problems but we're not coming together and going oh my word you had that problem too how did you deal with that so that learning cohort needs to happen at that level as well. But yeah, yes, more I would regularly. Is, is there yes. somebody who's in charge of your learning cohort that you can say, Hey, we've, we're noticing the same things. Can we schedule like once every two weeks, let's put it on the calendar. And if everybody can't come fine, but at least if it's on the calendar, yeah, you know, it's easier to put my, I learned from one of my principals. It's just put it on the calendar. It's easier to take it off than it is to add it later. It's true. It's true. So, true. so even she, if we just did zoom meetings like this, yes. where we don't have to go somewhere, we're still on our campuses, but we can all just chime in on, Hey, how's your week going? And yes. What have you done? Yeah. A simple structure to, you know, what's going on. Everybody gets to share like in one minute, all the issues are having, and then, okay, this is our topic that we're going to talk about this week. What are you doing in this area? What are you trying? Has anything worked? What are your challenges? Mm, I like and people share around it because like you said, if this is, is it new across all your schools, but to yes. have coaches? Okay. Mm-hmm. So then yes, some sort of building that framework, what does coaching mean to us in this district? What does it look like? They're also going to have to educate admin as to what that really is. And so if you're like trying to piece it together as you go individually, you're all going to build a different thing. And your admin is all going to come up with a different relationship with those coaches and a different placement for those coaches. Some I can tell you right now are being used as assistant principals. (laughs) 
Oh yeah. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> so well, and even teachers who like one of them shared yesterday, they walked in and the teacher was like, can you take care of this kid in his cell phone? <laughs> and she was like, um, sure. I'll try to help you out. And so it's that impression that we're the ones like educational admins, like the instructional admin yes. is almost how it comes across. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Like that is your domain instruction, but you're an admin, not a coach. And that may, if they've never had coaches, they don't know what you do. And that's one of my, my favorite things to say is if you haven't told them what your role is, they are figuring it out, but it is not what you want. So how would you then, because we weren't given a framework of mm -hmm. what our, what our instructional coach should be. Mm -hmm. I am formulating it as I go and I know what I would like it to be, but I would be interested when you think about your role as a coach and as coaches in general, what do you think should be the primary tenets of what you're accomplishing? That's a great question. Um, I would say that it's mostly about coaching teachers one-on-one -on -one and teams of teachers and looking okay. at, I think that PD is fine to include in the coaching role. I think it's actually really important. Because that's how you're, you're growing your campus at a school level, right? Right. But I do think that whenever it, whenever PD does not meet teachers needs, then, and it's not, and it's framed, sometimes they give you the PD and it's not very good. Um, and when the coach has to deliver it, that is a real challenge to balance that out. I do think that coaches should be PLC facilitators because I think that right. we need to build the learning community. So coaches are about teacher learning and application to the classroom. We're, we're supporting teachers in learning individually and applying things to the classroom through coaching cycles. We're supporting teams of teachers through PLCs, which can be learning PLCs, data, planning, you know, whatever, whatever that needs to look like, and application to the classroom. And we're supporting our whole school through professional development. Right. Or the whole department or whatever it is that you focus on through professional development <clears throat> in order to grow teachers at the campus level and to align practices and beliefs. But I believe that once we start getting into accountability, there are some things that a coach can do for accountability that's just like, okay, next week, we're all going to bring a sample of what our students produce when we tried this activity. And that's fine. I think that's part of being on a team. We, we decide that, yeah, that's okay to ask of each other. But once we start holding people accountable for like, you're doing this, you're not doing this, that's where we have a real problem. So to kind of address that, I think uh, we talked, mentioned learning walks a little bit, a little while ago. It might not be a bad thing to schedule regular learning walks with your administration. And you can even go with them. And you can say, I'm going to listen to what you see so that I'm going to hear from your perspective what you see going on in classrooms so that I can address it through my coaching. So that way you, they visit classrooms looking for the specific um, focus, this PD that you've been providing. Right. And then they say, okay, I can see that this is not happening here. This teacher I'm noticing is like three weeks behind in the curriculum. We're following or whatever it is that, you know, the issues that they see popping up. I see that this teacher has to intervene with all these students because they, they're they're like, you know, way off track. And then what are the other kids doing? There's no differentiation or whatever they're noticing. And then you're recording all these things and you can use it to say, okay, my PLC support can be about this, this, and this. My coaching cycles, I can offer them up about three topics. That's one way you can do it. You can say, okay, for PD next time, I'm going to address these concerns that we're seeing. And mm -hmm. I'm also going to get feedback from teachers about it so that I can help them solve the problems through learning. So we kind of did that today, ironically, okay, and I didn't think about it as a learning walk until you mentioned it. We got a brand new assistant principal who's now over English and reading, which are my primary departments. And we did, we went into three classrooms together today with her evaluation instrument, with my knowledge of what the teacher, what I know the teachers are trying to do in their classroom. Yes. And then having discussions about, okay, well, this is what I saw and her asking questions of like, yeah, but I saw this and I'm not sure that that's really connected to what's happening in their learning. Okay. So that would be a great model of us working together on that side. I like that. And I need to, I need to put that in my pocket as not a one-time thing, but a regular occurrence. Yeah. Yeah. If you can, again, get it on the calendar, <laughs> if right. you can get it on the calendar once a month, once every six weeks, um, just so you get kind of like, you can touch base with them. Say, okay, this is what we see happening. This is your, what you're seeing, what you're observing, and you're giving me feedback so I can use it to support teachers 
in better ways. Well, and vice versa. Doesn't that work the opposite way too, to be able to go to teachers and say, hey, this is what they observed. I want to help you get better on those evaluations. So let's work on your questioning skills or let's work on the rigor of your content and see if we can't get you up to those marks. It can, but I I wouldn't use language of like, um, we have to be really careful whenever we share what admins say about teachers. Okay. That makes sense because the teacher immediately feels like, oh my God, they're sitting in a room talking about me, which obviously they <laughs> okay, are. I mean, obvi- we know this happens. Like, come on. <laughs> yes, you work at a place. People who you, is, are your principals do talk about how you do, but it is like, um, it can feel, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a good word. It just attacking. It can feel like, oh my sure. God, how embarrassing. They can be ashamed. It can bring up a lot of those feelings. Sure. Or even just self-defensive. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they feel like, well, you only came in for three minutes. You didn't see this and that and whatever. You don't know. So sometimes I would withhold maybe if there's like specific, um, if there are specific needs that I know the teacher is not going to really respond all that well to. Um, because sometimes the specific need is really far more underlying than what they're seeing at the surface. They really, it's of like course. way below. Mm-hmm. Um, I would sometimes withhold that information, not to be, not so they don't know how they're doing, but so we can say, okay, how do you, I can talk to the teacher and get feedback from them. How do you feel like that lesson went? Tell me what happened during the lesson. What is an area that you saw could use some growth and we can work on that. And then you can also build in, you know, one thing that I noticed is we could actually work on some questioning strategies. Um, I I know, so you noticed you were trying to do this and that was a really good, a, a try. I really thought that was an interesting way to use that. Maybe we can learn a little bit more about that. And you can kind of, it's partnership, you know, right. you're taking right. from them, you're taking from, you're, you're bringing something yourself to the table if you're really their partner. Um, because partners don't just do what one, one partner says all the time. Right. So we have to take from them what they feel like they need to work on and what they would like to grow in. And we also can say another thing I noticed is this, and this is something we can do, you know, so we can, we can both bring things to the table, the teacher and the coach in a true partnership, but you have the frame of mind, you know, what the principal saw. If a teacher is going to be like penalized for something, if it's to that degree, you really have to consider your relationship with that teacher and you can decide, okay, the the principal said questioning is so bad she's not even gonna like be renewed next year, you know. We can't, gotcha. you know what I mean? Like she's like she's on right. a um you know temporary contract and and if it's that significant, you can you can decide. Okay, I'm gonna approach teacher and say, hey, one of the needs that we noticed was questioning. How are you feeling about your questioning? And get their input on it. And you could start it up that way if it's that significant. It just kind of, mm-hmm. it really depends on your individual relationship with each teacher as to how you broach the subject of that need that you saw in your walks. Because it So can that be would really- then, 100%. So that would segue to, I think, something that's just recently started to come on my radar that I've not been doing well. So it's been a semester of building relationships, which I gave myself that to say at least first nine weeks. I don't know any of y'all. Right. <laughs> so I'm not going to comment on how great or how not great I think you are. Um <laughs> But (laughs) right. Yeah. Um, And when I took your little quiz, I'm a collaborator and I can recognize that because I tend to want to insert my ideas into the PLC and say, this is what you should do because this will be amazing. Um, Because creativity is low and uh, excitement is, is generally low, but then the execution doesn't happen because they've not really made it their own and said, oh, this is going to be the best way to teach this. So how do you transition from that? I've, I know you, we've talked, you Mm kind of know who I am here into, okay, now let's talk about these weaknesses. Is it, Like, do you sit in a classroom and just write everything down and say, okay, this is what I'm seeing. What do you want to work on? Like, or is it more piecemeal? Does it all just depend on that? Or how does that transition work from I'm this person, but now we're actually going to start partnering together? Yeah, I think so. First of all, you want to clearly define what your coaching role looks like to the teachers so they know what that partnership will be like. Okay. So you can tell them explicitly, these are the kinds of supports that I can provide. And you can do this in like small groups um, or even during a PD, you could share it. Uh, but 
I recommend smaller groups is usually better because they're more likely to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So during a PLC or even one-on-one, you can have like a coffee with a coach or cookies with a coach or whatever. Um, and I have some tools about how you can do that in my TPT store if you're interested, um, that I can send you the links about that. But the, basically you're introducing, this is how I can be supportive. These are the different things that I can do to help you as a teacher. Teaching is hard. I'm here to help. So from right. there, you can go into, okay, there are certain individuals who do like to try things. I'm going to start off. I'm not going to do a coaching cycle first with the person who doesn't even make eye contact with me during PLC. I'm not going to start right. there because then I'm going to set myself up for failure. I'm going to set the teacher up for failure. And then everybody else is going to know that I'm just going into the classrooms where I'm not wanted yet. And the, the idea is not that you're never going to go in those classrooms because you're going to go, but you're going to start off with some people who would like to try some stuff. Okay. So I'm sure you've got at least a few people that you can think of who do have some energy for things and who, whenever right. you share something, they go, Oh, that sounds kind of neat. Tell me more about that. Or what does that look like? They are the ones that ask the questions. Right. And so those people, you can start off and say, Hey, I want to try to get coaching cycle started and I'm feeling it out. I'm figuring it out as I go. Would you work with me on a coaching cycle so that we can practice this and you can get started with those people and use that relationship that they've already demonstrated some receptiveness, you know, use that to figure out what you want your coaching cycles to look like. Got it. Then so that needs to be that, my magic question there. Would yes, you work with me in, on a coaching cycle? Yeah. And that, that's just like the very first couple of people, <clears throat> you just want to try it out and see what it's like. So you have an, like a framework, you can build a framework for what it looks like. Get feedback from your colleagues that you've talked to in your meetings. You know, what, have you done coaching cycles? What does that look like? How did you, you know, how did you structure it? And I also have coaching cycle resources if you sure. direct you to, sure. um, but basically you're going to say, okay, I, we're going to have a pre-conference. We're going to do some classroom work and we're going to have a post-conference. What are you interested in working on? I'm trying to stay kind of within the realm of this specific, you know, PD area that we're focusing on. Is there something in that area that we, that you would like to grow in and we can do some work together to see how we can apply it in your classroom. So then you can go from there. Once you have a couple of those under your belt, then you can start branching out. And hopefully those have gone pretty well. And those people are like positive about the work you've done together. And they can maybe share during meetings, during PD, you could say, oh, we tried this out. So, and so would you talk a little bit about how that went? And that way people start to see you as a support person that can help them try things that work. Does that, so I'm required to go to their PLCs. So mm -hmm. they have regularly com common planning meetings um, by grade level. Um, would you, does that role look slightly different than what we're talking about as far as like in that, as I'm sitting with that team, how would you define that coaching role? If it, yeah, is it any, versus like, like an what individual. we're talking about with the cycle, the individual cycle? Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like what we said earlier about coaching through, through individual teachers, through coaching cycles coaching PLCs, coaching, right. Level, right. It's like right. a tier. So you're coaching individual teachers is the most differentiated. It's the most personalized learning, right? That's your coaching cycles. Then your, your PLCs are like your small groups, right? And then your whole class, that's your PD. Got it. So then your PLC. And I think I'm good at the, I have not yet really attempted the personalize, to be okay. honest. Mm -hmm. it's scary and one. the PLC. Well, it's scary it's, because you're like, are you going to be, are you going to listen? Are you going to be receptive here? You know, <laughs> are you going to be well, excited? That, I think it takes the biggest relationship buy-in too. Yes. Because it has to be someone who, who trusts you enough that right. you're going to sit down with them and not make them feel like they're foolish. Mm -hmm. That we're really yes. partnering this. Yes. At, and I also have teachers, and this is a total other topic, but teachers who are not self-aware enough to even know how I can help you because they're outside of teaching teachers first years. And I'm like, okay, so where can I help you? And they're like, I don't think you can. It's not going to happen. <laughs> is it because they think they're doing great or because they think they're doing terribly? A little bit of both. Summers. Okay. Um, and I got to lead some questioning with one where she finally admitted she was struggling with ninth grade writing. She was like, they can't do it. They're, they just can't. Yes. They just cannot do it. The and kids. I said, 
Yeah. Well, you really do have to hold their hands. And I explained gradual release. Yes. And she said, I have never heard of that before. I've never had a teacher ever do that. And I was like, you probably have, you didn't but know. it's okay. And she's yeah. like, but I know how to write. I just have no idea how to teach them. And I was like, yes, this is what we need to work on yeah. together. But they don't have enough metacognition to right. even be like, okay, this is the piece that I'm failing in. Yeah. So does that, and that looks different, I think, than even what you were talking about with the go for the ones that want to partner right, with Totally you. different. Yes. Oh, right. So those teachers need to see teaching. They have not seen teaching. So would you start with modeling? I would start either with modeling or getting them into other people's classrooms. Okay. Depending on the teacher and the reality of getting them into other people's classrooms. Right, right. Um, I think that whenever teachers have not seen teaching, we're asking them to do things that are just, it's, they're like, I don't even know what that looks like. What is that? Like she said, I've never seen that. Probably you have, but how would you possibly know? As a kid, teaching looks easy. You don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. <laughs> Yes, I love literature. So of course I can teach it. Yes. Incidentally, there's a book um, by Kelly Gallagher. It's called Teaching Adolescent Writers. And he has a chapter about Ode to the Grecian Urn. And it talks about how whenever we model, we model in front of students in li like live modeling, not this is the thing I wrote. Look how great it is. Now you go. Write. Yes. It's a really good book. Teaching Adolescent Writers. I love okay. it. It's great. Um, so, so yeah, that's... Um, those teachers, they need to see what teaching can look like so they can have a sense of what they would like to get better in because they don't have any frame of mind for that. So I think it's really important to get them to see teaching in action, whether that's a video that you share, whether that is you modeling or whether they get to go see somebody else live. And so you might say, instead of like, well, what can I help you in? Because they don't know necessarily. You could say, well, right. what would you like to see? Mm. What would you like to see in action? You're about to start this unit on, um, I don't know, writing an essay. Why so-and-so is working on that too. Would you like to go see them do it? Would you like me to come in and do a few lessons where you can kind of see, and then you're going to walk, so you're going to plan together. So they get to see what, the, what you're, right. you're thoughtful about what's happening in that moment um, that you are showing them this, that it's not like I just go up there and do it. Like I have a plan. I have a purpose for everything that I'm doing. And you're going to think loud while you're planning your own metacognition. You're going to demonstrate that you're going to model the lesson. And then afterwards you can talk to them and say, okay, this is what I saw happening. This is what I would do next. This is what I would change. One thing that I'm thinking about is this, you're going to model that reflective process because they haven't seen it and they don't even know what it can look like. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's, I feel like that I could spend my whole life there. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> With those teachers. Mm -hmm. So then in a PLC where that teacher yes. is sitting next to the experienced teacher and the mid-year teacher, what do you see that coaching role looking like? So in that case, you're the facilitator and you are there to help them work together. And sometimes that is the expert, the, the, the veteran teacher who's really good at something saying, well, this is something that I do. Let me show you how I do it. And they do it right there. They model that lesson in front of their peers, their colleagues. They say, right. and you can, you do that beforehand. You could say, okay, we're having this PLC. We're um, going to start our, our personal narrative unit. And I would love, could you share, how do you get kids to brainstorm ideas for personal narrative and choose one? How do you do it? And then that teacher, if they have, or if they're great at that area, they bring their stuff. They say, okay, this is what I do. And at first they're just going to want to tell them. And you have to say, no, I want you to show us, pretend we're the kids. What does it look like? Because we want the other teachers to see this as much as possible. So building, like using those teachers as your resident experts, I think that's a great way to go about building a PLC because then that new teacher knows, oh, I can look at that teacher and learn something from them and get something that I can use in my classroom. If the new teacher has tried something out that's worked, they can share too. This is not just like a years of experience thing. It's like who has a great idea thing. Um, <clears throat> and then if you have something great that you want to share, you could say, you know, one thing that I tried is this, but by then you've established that everybody is bringing ideas to the table. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's yeah. collaborative because a lot of PLCs are sit and get PLCs instead of, let's work together and figure this out PLCs. <laughs> well, and I think one of the things that I noticed happening with the new teachers is they become so dependent on the veteran that they are not producing. 
They're just and so the veterans feel yeah, they're waiting till you mm -hmm. pass off your idea. What's your lesson plan? How are you approaching this? Mm -hmm. Which is also not fostering them as teachers. Right. Because then they're still waiting. Oh, well, Dana didn't send anything. So I don't know what we're doing. Yes. Yes. And so again, that role, because now the veteran teacher is looking at me going, you need help. Right. I cannot <laughs> be. 100% responsible for this other person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, at the individual level, oh my word, it's just, I feel like it's a time management problem too. As a coach, like how do I give mm -hmm. them enough time when they, like what skill do you start on? Because like if they can't even lesson plan to go, okay, this is what we're teaching. This is how I'm going to break that down. Right. How do you, how do you these, coach that? All these things have to happen kind of at the same time, right? Yes. And that's the problem. So in your teachers who need you the most, you're definitely going to want to plan alongside those teachers and you're going to want to model for them because that has to be okay. kind of, it, it has to, you have to do that in partnership for a while because they're not going to be ready to share ideas. If they've never seen teaching, if they are brand new and they didn't even go through like a program where they got to right. see teaching, because many of our teachers, especially right now are not even from education and they have not, they're not even certified necessarily. Right. They've got to see it. So maybe those people, okay, you're not certified. We're going to build a special after school program with you in mind. And every once a week, I mean, it's, it's here to help you. We are going to help you because we know that you did not have the preparation for this. So we are going to give you the tools that you need that you're going to be able to use immediately. We've got this unit coming up. I'm going to plan with you as a little team. We're going to plan together. I'm going to lead the planning because I have the experience in this area, but I would love to hear your ideas as we go. And at first they're not going to have a lot of ideas, but over time they may. And then you're going to build plans together and then you're going to model it and you're going to record yourself and share that video with the other ones. Cause you can't be in all the classrooms at once. Right. 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 So if you can share a video with other people, then they can see, Oh, this is what it looks like. So then during your next session, you plan that you say, this is what we're going to do this week. This is what you're going to do in the classroom. Next week, you get back together. You watch the video. This is how this lesson went. How did it go for you all? What questions did you have about it? Okay. Let's plan for the next week. That's honestly what I would do. I would do the handholding for a while. If they have okay. no background in education, they're going to need it is my opinion. They might not love that, but if they're going to be a teacher, that's what they need. Well, and I don't want them to quit at the end of the year. Because they felt like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And I didn't feel supported. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how that, all those roles then tie into being, I think where I need a, a, some other help is being the complaint department <laughs> because that this is where I want to live. It's totally where I want to live. And it's probably why I love the idea of coaching is like, right. we can do this guys. I believe in you. We can do this. And if you'll listen to me, I'll take you there. I'll make sure you know how to be successful. That's my only goal for you. But the complaint department, both interdepartmentally and even, even just the, the admin and the, yeah. How do you, as a coach, manage that? Because I think sometimes they need it. They need someone that's just listening, but then not letting that take up the time. That The handholding doesn't turn into I'm your mom. Right. Yeah. And, and, and also let's complain instead of doing something productive. Right. Yes. So if it's in like a group session, like during a PLC and you have people coming in venting, right? It's totally okay to say, I can see that you're really upset about this. Would you like to take a minute? And then you can come back when you're ready. And I will talk to you about it after the meeting, whenever I'm free, because I think that's really important. You can say things like, you know what? You're right. This is not right. And I'm going to give everybody five, like three minutes to write down all the issues that they're having right now. And then you can share it with me. Like you can hand it to me. You can also say things, you can plan an activity specifically to say, okay, what are the issues that you're having? Right, 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 right. I'm a firm believer in quick rights and free rights. They have a way of shifting your brain from one thing yeah. to the next and to help you focus kind of on where you are instead of, okay, I'm going to dump all this stuff out on paper. So it's not swimming in my brain anymore. It doesn't solve anything, but it does give you a moment to breathe from it. So they can write, write, write. And then let's talk about from these issues, what can we solve? 
out of these problems, what is something we can do something about? Because you're right, there are so many problems right now, we cannot even fix them all. I'm here to help you figure out one, what is one thing that we can possibly do something about? And then you're constantly pulling that dialogue back to, okay, what can we do? Well, it's because of the parents. Da, 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 da. Okay, what can we do? Well, you know, the last administrator, he did. Okay, what can we do? Because if you don't have an action plan, there's no point. We talked about it and nobody really feels better. After a certain point, venting <laughs> no. actually makes you angrier. I, I agree. Yeah, it's science to show this, actually. I read it somewhere. Venting is like, a vent goes like this. Vent, done. It doesn't go like this. Ah, for like days, you know? <laughs> Well, you become like the Gaston's mob, you know, going to the castle because everybody's just beating off of it. Yes. And it just becomes, let's storm the castle. Yes, everybody get your pitchfork. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Right. So then what can we do? Is there something that you want me to take back to admin? What is it? Is there something that I can do to support you in this? Let's figure out what it is. Will helping, will, will making a plan for this week make you feel better? Will reviewing your data so you know that you don't have as many areas to focus on as you thought make you feel better? What right. can we do to help you get through this moment? Let's take some mm-hmm. action. And I'll, not all people like that. I'm a big action person. If I come to you with a problem, I'm asking you to tell me, give me an idea that I didn't already have. Right. Not everybody is like that. Some no. people really do just like to feel hurt. And I know I shouldn't say that in such an annoyed tone, but my, my husband is a little bit like that. I'm a problem solver. He's a venter. And, and, and so he, I've had to learn sometimes he just doesn't want me to tell him, well, just do this. You're making this a really big problem and it doesn't have to be, but some problems that they're having are huge and unsolvable. So we, I feel like we really have to help them think through, okay, two column chart. I can do something about this. I can't do anything about this. I'm just going to have to let that ride for a little while while I focus on the things that I can do something about. And I actually have an activity in my SEL tools for coaches. It's like tools that coaches can use with teachers that helps teachers think about what can I actually control and what can I not control? Because there are things that we are so upset about and there's nothing we can do. And we just spend so much energy on it and it doesn't fix anything. No, even if it's, even if it's my colleague that I don't like. Yeah, right. Like, like you can't fix fix it. Nope. It is. I'm coaching them just like I'm coaching you. Mm -hmm. We're all trying to get better. What? It's like an obsessive amount of time. I feel like sometimes it's being spent in the comparison game. People get stuck big time. I I saw that as a teacher. And then whenever I left, I, I see people that I taught with 15 years ago. Some of them are still complaining about the same people unbelievable it is 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 it a culture that we're breeding it It absolutely is part of the culture I think Mm, sometimes it comes from inequitable expectations from the admin and I don't know if you see that or not um okay yeah it's sometimes some teachers are held accountable for certain things or the admin will put out a blanket statement of this is expected some people do it some people don't and nothing happens and the people who do it feel real frustrated at the people who don't. And the people who don't say, he hasn't checked for it anyway. What am I going to do it for? So 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I have a real problem with this. It creates a culture that makes it hard to build relationships because people are like, you're one of them. You're not holding people. Why don't you hold him accountable? Suddenly the accountability becomes your job because the teachers are like, you should hold them accountable. Right? Yes. So that may be another conversation to have with your admin and say, you know what? One thing I'm noticing is that Like, I'm not saying I should be the one who's accountable, but they're holding people accountable for this. But one of the issues that teachers seem to be having is that whenever they're doing something they've been asked to do, the ones who don't do it, nothing seems to happen. And the principal may look at you and say, well, that's where you come in. And that's where you have to have that really clearly defined role and say, I can help them work on it. But I think that they want, they, you know, might be helpful if you had a conversation and say, hey, this is important. We asked you to do this. And Domenico's here to help you with that. But you yes. need to know that we think this is important. Yes. It's not just Marianne coming down and offering you her services. Yes. I have asked her to help you in these areas because I believe it will make our school better. I am also asking you individually, teacher, that you to do it because I'm this, this is the expectation for our school. So yeah. everyone has to be, if they don't want to, sometimes they don't want to bite the bullet and say it. If they're the ones yeah. holding people accountable, they have to put on their big boy pants and come out and say it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's yes. my opinion. Because it puts you in a rough spot because then you're the one in the middle and admin is silent. 
or absent or absent. Mm-hmm. They're just not there. So it seems like Marianne's the only one really saying, yes. this is what we got to do, guys. You can ask them to be present. Say, you know, I've been working on this and it would, I would really appreciate if you could be present during PD and kind of share why it is that you thought we should bring this to our school. Well, and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. Yeah. Because yeah, so my first today. PD that I did was within the first two weeks of school, mm-hmm. which was a lot. But we had some issues with how my admin's personality comes across, mm-hmm. which is not my personality at all. But because we were doing the PD together. Oh, yeah. It, I wouldn't do the PD together. I wouldn't. I would yes, ask them to just I learned say, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't know it first, right? Because you're still learning right. all the people. Then you're sitting there in the meeting going, well, this was a huge mistake. Um, <laughs> exactly. But I would say, <clears throat> can you remind them that there's a reason that you wanted us to do this and this is the reason. I don't think admin always need to be present during PLCs because it can make it hard for people to share. You know, I don't think they should be involved in coaching cycles really at all. Right. Um, but sometimes PD, if this is a school-wide initiative and it's nothing you can choose or not choose to do, I think that it needs to be clear that it's coming from them. Yeah, hundred percent. So how do you, sorry, that's my alarm. Um, (laughs) how do you get to the point? Does your coaching get to a point where I've done these steps? I've, I've got the relationships. I'm working with the people that want the help. Where is there ever a point where you just go into an observation cycle and that becomes, hey, we're doing this and I need you to, is there ever an error finding coaching? Because I'm seeing both sides of that. Of like, do I, some coaches are like, yes, I go in and I write down the whole observation and then I say, okay, what do you want to work on? Because this is what I saw happening in your classroom. Where, where does that spectrum fall of like, Hey, you need help. And here's the proof that you need help versus do you want help? Right. I think that if we look at it as like error finding or like looking for weaknesses, then that puts us in a frame of mind and teachers feel it. That is, is not as, as supportive, if that makes it's sense. It's punitive. Yes, okay. exactly. So now I do think, I mean, I, I totally agree. You go into classrooms, you write down everything you see, and then you look at it. I wouldn't give it to the teacher. I would never give the teacher. This is everything I saw. I wouldn't give it to the teacher. Oh, okay. Um, I do. I've given teachers written feedback. Absolutely. But it's after I've thought about it and what do I want to focus on? And I, I write it carefully for them to see because I'm, I'm delivering a specific message. But I wouldn't ever just, oh, this is all the stuff I saw. I think that's overwhelming. Um, and I feel like that the teacher can look at that and say, wow, you were really here to pick apart everything I said. Even if that wasn't mm. your intention, it can feel that way. So okay. I think as the coach, you look at it <clears throat> and you can, can talk with the teacher and choose a focus from there. And you can go in with a focus in mind and say, you know, I've noticed um, one area that we could work on might be student engagement. Can you tell me a little bit about your student engagement plan or like, what do you do? Like what kinds of strategies do you usually use? Because I know I only saw a small piece of your lesson. So I'm just wondering if there are other things that you do during the day and you can get their feedback on it and start working on that. And yeah, absolutely. It's not always just open invitation. I personally don't think it is. And I don't think it's, um, <clears throat> there are some schools where coaches only work with teachers who want to work with them. And I feel like then you're missing Probably two thirds right. of the population. So, <laughs> so right. I think, yeah, you're you're going to start moving into classrooms and say, "Hey, I am here to work with you. What can we work on? Let's get started." And it's it comes with sort of a confidence and a um, like a positive problem solving attitude that we are here to figure something out. What is a challenge that you're having? Because I'm going to help you work on it. You can also so, listen for problems teachers are having during PLC. So if they're complaining, 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 you can say, you know what? I'm hearing a lot of complaints about kids not wanting to do stuff, right? They don't want to do this. They don't want to do that. And that's why they can't edit. And that's why they can't whatever. I would love to work with you on figuring out some strategies that we could use that might improve student engagement. When can we get together? How defined do you get in those goals? <clears throat> like when you meet so with them? This- the session that I just went to, I just went to the Florida Literacy Conference, all mm-hmm. kinds of coaches there, obviously very different approaches for yeah. it. And some are like saying, okay, we're going to make a smart goal as in it's going to be achievable, reflective. I'm going to meet right. with you again in three weeks. We're going to measure that and see, are you accomplishing? Are you not? 
is that personality dependent where you're like, Hey, what works for you? How do you, once you've identified it and you've gone through it, is there an accountability that you come back to? Well, it, it is accountability in that we are working together to achieve something. So then let's see if we did it. You know, I mean, it, I think there's a way that we frame things that sounds like, hey, we're working on this. What can we do? Like we come at it kind of like picture yourself like a Labrador. <laughs> I'm here to help you, buddy. We can do it. And you have to bring this energy, even if you don't get it back. You know what I mean? Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so we, I personally don't use smart goals. I have used them in my own coaching work sometimes, but I don't use them with teachers. I think it can be overwhelming. Like if you spend all your time on the goal process and you're like, ugh, like we don't even want to do the work anymore. So I think that I, with teachers, I just write a simple statement. What is it we're trying to accomplish here? And I was, okay, well, we would like to um, integrate at, at least one engagement strategy for students per lesson. I just keep it and that keeps it simple and measurable still though. Yeah. Are you doing it or not? Right. Yeah. It, it, did you, did you try out an engagement strategy and then we can evaluate the effectiveness of that? How did it go? Should we try something different? Do we not really like that one? Do we just need to come back to it more so kids get more comfortable with it and then they learn how to do it? You know, you can evaluate and have those discussions because the coaching cycle, you're doing the work together, right? It's not about, um, let's set a goal. Okay. You work on that. I'll be back in a week. It's about, okay, let's set a goal. Let's learn a little bit about it together. Let's figure out what it can look like. Do you want me to model that? Do you want to co-teach together? Do you want me to just observe as you try it out? People in different points of their careers or whatever, they're all going to feel differently about that. So you can give them the choice, model, co-teach, um, observe. And then the teacher can say, well, I would like to, I'd like to see you do it because I just can't picture what it would look like. Okay, I'll model that for you. Perfect. And then we'll have the debriefing conversation. We can kind of evaluate, see what we thought. And then I can either model something different or maybe we can co-teach the next lesson if you thought that was a good one and you want to try out part of it. Or if you feel ready, you can, you can do it and I'll observe. But it's, yeah. it's, it's a very collaborative process because you're trying to figure out what is going to support this teacher in growing. And when we're thinking about growth, we're not looking for what's wrong with them. We're looking for where we can grow, which might sound like the same thing, but it comes from a different place in your heart. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yes. it, and it, if we're being very directive and if we're saying, you know, okay, I'll come back and check on you and see if you did it, then that's no longer coaching because the coaching part is like the gradual release model, right? The coaching yeah. part is the working together part and the providing the feedback in the moment and the, you know, like supporting teachers and learning and acquiring something new. Baseball coaches don't go, you need to change your swing. You're lifting up. You need to come straight across. I'll check back on you in a week. You know, they actually like guide them through. They show them videos. They position their hands. They use spe specific tools to help them do that. And that's exactly what we do. We figure out what is it going to help this teacher to do this thing that they're trying to grow in. Right. Well, I think the emphasis in, in my thinking of what you're saying is that it, I really need to be thinking about the we in my language. Oh, nice. And not necessarily even the you. Like, what are you doing? It needs to be like, what can we do? And even just that shift in how we talk about it may create the teamness that you're talking about. We're either winning as a team on the basketball court or we're losing as a team. So how, how each player does, their skills may be different on the court. Yes. But as a coach, I'm here to help accentuate what your best skills are and make you all around the best player. I right? love it. Yes. I love that language you're using. We language rather than you language. This is not about what you are not doing. It's what we can do next together. I love that. I got chills. I love it. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. That's a great way to think about it. And I think that will change their thought about me being in their room. Yes. Yes. Cause it so, changes the way, the direction you're coming from. It starts with our mindset of what we're there to do. Right. And I think up to this point when I've come in the room, well, first it's been observation or else with teachers that do like me being in the room, they automatically almost switch into a co-teach mode, which mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. because we're both listening to each other and going, oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. 
if I ask this question, watch what this kid will do. And they're then going, oh, did you hear how Miss Amico asked that? That's what we all need to be doing too. I love that, but that doesn't happen with every teacher because every teacher doesn't, mm -hmm. isn't that aware. But I can see if I took them to the steps of team, let's do this together. I want to come watch you so that we can see if we pick the right strategy. So we can see if we need to change what our idea was and make it better. So it's not your idea. It's, hey, we worked on this together. I think that lowers the stakes. Yes. We're both trying too. to figure this out. This is not your responsibility. And I'm here to check and see if you did it. We are going to work together to figure this out. Yeah. Yes. Have you, um, the Diane Sweeney book, um, student centered coaching is really good because it talks a lot about what is, what is happening with the kids? What is the effect on the student? Not so much. What are you doing teacher? So kind of what you're saying about, did we pick the right strategy for this group of kids or do we need to make some adjustments? That's what she gets at. It's a really good book. Um, student centered coaching. And then there's student centered coaching, the moves, which is like about like the specific strategies you can use to coach that way. Okay. And then there's a new one and I got it not long ago, student centered coaching. And I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically for like all levels of it's like what your school needs to look like in order to support that. So that might be a really good read as you're thinking about defining your role and including yeah. administrators as part of this team. Like what does this look like from their level as well? Interesting. Yeah. Florida is starting a coaching endorsement oh, uh -huh. um, as well through USF. So there'll be like a whole program you can go through. That'd be great. I know. Yeah. <laughs> It'll help give you a good foundation because it's like when you're trying to build the, the, the plane while you're flying it, it's not fun. It's not. <laughs> but if you feel like, okay, I know what's important. Like you said, the tenants, then you can, you can have a plan and you can try it out and change it if you need to. And that makes a huge difference. Okay. <laughs> so any last um, thoughts about how you, what you kind of are going to apply over maybe the next couple of weeks? No, I think, well, yes, I think the big takeaways, I, th I think I, I obviously need to like decompress everything that I wrote down here <laughs> too, because it was a lot, but I think, I think my admin and I need to sit down and really just clarify roles, set appointments for those learning walks. Cause especially with the new AP, I think that would be an amazing team there as well okay, of yeah. how me and the admin can work together to guarantee that we, we see what's happening with our teachers. Um, but then on that level, I think even understanding the individual to PLC to school-wide level and in my brain organizing things that way of who do I need to spend more individual time with mm -hmm. that really wants to help at the PLC level, what am I really doing to say as a team, what are we doing? And then the, the school-wide level, do they know who I am and how that's supposed to work. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest takeaway is, is the sitting down and saying, what can we figure out? And making that an action list, not a complaint list. Yes. I love that. That's such a great takeaway. Well, I'm so happy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for the time. Like yeah. I said, the bouncing off of one another is, I think, where some of my best ideas come out. So I appreciate you spending that time. Yeah, no problem. And and that's the way your teachers probably feel too. And they just have to be comfortable with feeling vulnerable. And hopefully as you develop that we relationship and that partnership, they'll get to that point. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Whoa, we covered <laughs> a lot of topics in that coaching call. And I think it brought to the forefront how having a defined coaching role and your administrators understanding that knowing your place in the school and having that certain mindset about how you approach your coaching work is so essential. And if we don't have that in place, if we don't have a defined role and the mindset in place, all of the other stuff is going to feel awkward. We're not going to really know how to approach it. And we're going to feel like, how do we, how do we even broach the subject and, and how do I fit in here? So if you are feeling like Marianne has been feeling like she's not sure how to approach certain things, that she doesn't know how to deliver certain messages and that she doesn't feel like, feel like she has a good handle on what her role is, grab that buzzingwithmissb.com slash webinar. It's a free webinar that you can grab that will help you define your coaching role, share it with your admin and share it with your teachers too. So check that out for sure. It's free and it's, it's not too long and it's going to really give you some tools to get started. 
Next week, I am starting a new series. So this is the last episode in our series about the human side of coaching. So it kind of makes sense that we closed it with an episode about literally everything coaching. (laughs) So next week, we're starting a new series called Your Coaching Impact. We're looking at how to track your coaching work during our next episode. And I'm so excited about this. A coach from the field is going to share some technology tips using Google, um, Google Sheets for track that she uses for tracking her work. And I think you're going to love it. It's so good. It's free. I mean, who doesn't love free? So join me next week for episode 143. And until then, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.